Welcome to Conversations with the Black Girl Blogger podcast, where you will hear amazing human interest stories from everyday people. They will inspire you, they will encourage you, and they will help you to overcome all of what you are going through in your life. I am your host, Aisha Morgan, and let's meet today's guest. Welcome back to Manuary, where we will be having all male guests on the podcast for the month of January. And last week, we got to talk with Paul Goss about his transition from high school to college and into professional athletics, playing basketball. And this week, we are getting into part two of that conversation with Paul. That's right, it was so great that we had to have two parts because no amount of editing would have done this conversation justice. So, let's get into part two. When you were done with overseas and done basketball, what did you, what was like your first job, job, like outside of being an athlete? So, I actually worked at like a group home with like troubled teens and kids. Okay. So, um, I was actually at Ranch Hope. It's like a trouble teens and kids. Because, you know, I always, you know, like trying to give knowledge and letting people know of minorities, like, you know, we can make it out. We have, yeah. There is a way out. There is a blueprint. There is a formula. There is a way to success. And it doesn't have to look like everybody else's. Like, you right. can your own path and we can end up at the same spot. You know, so... It was really fulfilling. Like there was a lot of cases where, you know, kids would come in and you would see kids like that 14, like the man of the house, you know, like, and they just were trying to survive and do certain yeah. things. And, you know, so, and you had cases where you were like 11 years old and they, they're thinking that they're like 18. <laughs> like, so um, just going in there trying to help kids realize like there are good people in this world. Everybody's not out to get you. Everybody's not out to hurt you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And seeing that, seeing them open up and change. And then when they get out of the program, them continuing to, to, to blossom and grow, that was very gratifying, but it didn't, it didn't, I would say like, I was still like, this ain't it, you know, like I, yeah. I this, but this is not it for me for, for the long, for the long term, you know, like I can yeah. do this now, but eventually I want to, I, I know there's something else for me. So then I was like basketball training, you know, um, training kids. I train like adults, like 50 year, I have a 50 year old guy, 50 plus. It doesn't matter if you want to get better at basketball. I'm like, let's do it. Yeah. It works for you. You know, let's do it. So that's been cool. You know, seeing kids like, work on something that they need to work on then they 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 implement it into their game and then they get like college scholarships and playing overseas and and, and then they're like hey thanks man i appreciate it you know what i mean so and that's enough for me and then i was like all right well well that's fun but you know let me see what's on the other side like then i got to like figure out that i want to be i'm gonna be a personal trainer so then i can work on like you know, I'm going to be totally on all sides of it now, like training, basketball, personal training, strength and conditioning, fitness, eating. So I'm just trying to now mesh everything that I learned together. Yeah. 
And like you said, like as an athlete, you know, we had strength and conditioning coaches, but they're like, do this, do this, do that. You could do everything, but you ain't know what it was called. Right. <laughs> like you could read it off a of paper after a while and know what it was. But if somebody said, do this, you'd be like, what's that? <laughs> like, and right. then when you did it, you're like, oh, that? <laughs> I did that a million times. Yeah. You know I mean? So learning how to like instruct people on how to like, you know, certain form and, and like pack the glute, pack the shoulders, you know, how to use their hips and glutes and, you know, proper technique and all that stuff is what I'm learning now. And, you know, it's, it's coming along good, but I, I just feel like that's going to fulfill me and, and not get stagnant and get stale because you are going to always, you know, meet new people and be able right, to. Yeah. So it's been fun. I'm, I've been, I've been the official for maybe like a week now, week and a half. Okay. So, so I'm new. I'm a new, I'm new, but you know, it's like I've been doing it for a while and I, I feel pretty comfortable and I got good people that's, that's helping me learn. Yeah. Did you have to do any certifications or are you kind of in the process of that? I got my certification through the gym. So the, okay. gym, the gym, um, trained me and they, and they, and they gave me a test mm-hmm. and I got certification through the gym, which was cool. And the, and the funny thing is my, um, my director for the for the gym, it was a basketball player. <laughs> oh, okay, that works out. Yeah, so it's been I've known him since high school, and he was the director. and And then I came into the gym, and I was working out there for a while. And then, you know, I was like, "Yo, man, what's going on?" Like, we actually got a spot opening up. You know, we can get a certification to the gym. So I, I took some time, talked to my wife, and you know, just to make sure that, like, hey, listen. I'm thinking about doing this. So yeah. when, she, when she was on board, it was kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. That's the one thing that, like, um, when I left college, like, I had to teach myself how to work out to just be fit instead of, like, like I was saying, instead of working out for a, <laughs> a competition or yeah. whatever. Um and so that was one of the things that I thought about doing like later was being a trainer because I had to like teach myself how to take my brain off of competition mode right? and just work out. Like that's how I got into doing like five um, K's and half marathons. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to work out. Like I know how to train right. and there's a big difference. So that's why I got into running like those road races. Cause I'm like, okay, that gives me something, something to train for. Right. Even though it's not the same as what I did, it's still your training. Yeah. When, so. when, when I didn't have like, cause you know, like in an off season, you know, you maintain, you keep mm-hmm. your body right. Cause you know, like down the road, you can get that phone call. And like basketball is a little different because they can call you and be like, Hey, we need you to leave tomorrow. <laughs> mm. You know, for overseas or you got three days, we need you ASAP. We're going to have got a ticket for you. in two days. You got to go there. You got to be in shape. You got to be ready or you're going to go back home. Wow. So it's, yeah, it's, it can be really rough over there as far as like, if you like, I had a couple of teammates who were like, they were like, okay, we, a 6'10 guy is coming in and he was like 6'8. And they're like, you're not 6'10. We're going to send you back home. Oh, dag. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was. There was plenty of times where I was called into the office, and I'm saying like the GM and the coach, and they're like, "Yes, you are a really good player. Um, 
you do everything that we're asked, but we're not winning. And it's always the Americans' fault if we don't win. Yeah. So we need to like win the next three out of four games or we're gonna just make a change. Wow. Yeah, I mean that and this is what I'm saying. Like it can be really, really rough. Like I have guys that have come in and they're supposed to be shooters and they're supposed to make shots. And that's what they come in for. Like, they're supposed to be like Steph Curry. Like, yo, you're a shooter. You shoot threes. And yeah, they play really well, but they don't make threes. And they go home. That's like, crazy. You play, you're a really good player, but you didn't make threes. You had 25 points, but you had one three. We don't need that. We need you to make threes. And they send them home. Yeah, that's so stressful. <laughs> so it can I be couldn't a- even imagine being like, uh, you need to win all these races or you're done. Right. Like right. that is some pressure. If you don't get in the top three or you don't get a medal, you're it's done. Like, it's like you winning the race, but you're not getting the time that they wanted you to get. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. hey, I've won eight out, of my, uh, eight out of 10 races versus the top five runners in my, in my, uh, in my division or whatever, or in my group. But I didn't run a a 10-8 or a 10-7 or a 10-4 so you're gonna take my scholarship away like yeah you know like it's crazy like it gets like that you know some coaches are like hey you're fat <laughs> you're out <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean so I mean you know. the then your contract is it kind of like where you're an at-will athlete like we can send you home at any time well, it's very, that's why I said it's very important to try to get a guaranteed contract. Okay. If you can get a guaranteed contract, whether you get hurt, because like, if you don't get a guaranteed contract and you get hurt, they can just send you home. Like, yeah, you're hurt. You can't play for us. If yeah. they want like that, they can do that. But if you have a guaranteed contract or you have like in your contract that says, oh, if I get hurt and I miss like two months, you dock my pay. 10%. And then if I yeah. miss three months, it, it slowly increases. Got it. Or I just get guaranteed contract. If I get hurt, I get my money. If you send me home, I get my money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, and if they be like, no guaranteed, then, then no come. I ain't coming. Right. <laughs> like, find somewhere that will give me a guaranteed contract. So, but just a lot of players don't know that. They don't know. Yeah. That. You know, that's why it's important to try to get an agent that's going to put your best foot forward and 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 do those things for you because a lot of agents won't they just once they get they they get a percentage of like it's like a finder's fee like the agent will get paid from the club once you sign and get there they'll give got it and then once you get like the nba or whatever then then the players will give the agents a percentage of their contract or whatever the case may be just the more money you get the, it, it switches a little bit, but most clubs pay pay that agent to, to, to that the, for finding them for you. Yeah. So most agents that have uh, clients overseas, like that's kind of their specialty. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Okay. They'll they'll like send players there, and then they'll build a um, they'll build like a pipeline. You know what I mean? Like this certain agent works in like Asia and South America. Or this agent works in Europe. Yeah. Or this agent works in like Russia. He has really strong connections in Russia or somewhere like that. Yeah. They'll send majority of their players over there. They'll be like, we need a point guard, a strong point guard that can score and defend. 
oh, I have a guy right here for you. Here he goes. Here goes his highlights. Here goes his numbers. Boom, he goes over there. And that's how they do it. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. Yep, that's how it works. So it's all about finding a good agent with a lot of connections that have a good, that have a strong connection with teams. Yeah. Some some agents be like, hey, man, listen, I'm putting my neck on the line for you here, man. Like, you got to go over there and perform. You're like, I have a real good connection with these teams and, you know. I don't know if you're good enough, but you know, we're going to see like, yeah, <laughs> like they'll tell people that. But, um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's just like business. You know, it's about who you know and where you go really. Always. Yep. yep. So looking into the future, would you want your son to play basketball? Selfishly? Yes. Selfishly. Yes. But you know, I'm going to take a page out of my pop's book and, you know, I'm going to introduce him. He, he won't play football. I'm, me and my wife both um, agreed that we're not going to have him play football just because of how the game is a lot yeah. and just the uncertainty of things. So we're going to rule out football early, um, but I'm open to any other sports. If, you know, I'll introduce him to baseball, soccer, um, basketball, Tennis, I don't really care. Golf, whatever he yeah. wants to play. Or, you know, he may want to be in music like his mom. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to force anything upon him. I'm going to let him gravitate. And then once he, once he gravitates, we'll go from there. So I'm just going to let him choose. But selfishly, oh, yeah, I would, I would love for him to be a basketball player. But, um, you know, just letting him choose and, you know, have his own path. Yeah. Like that's why I didn't have a junior. Like initially I was going to be like, yo, that's going to be a junior, my junior, my junior. But that comes with a lot of pressure in itself, you know, being yeah. from the area and him, you know, they already expect him to be this. And then he has my name and it's like, oh, he's got to play basketball. Right. No, he is his own person. So he will choose, but we gave him a name that's ready for stardom, like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Astro Moon Gauze, that like, you know, that's his full name. So, yeah, you know, we, 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 we set him up to do whatever he wants to do, but, uh, no, nah, I'm not going to, to push anything. I'm not going to be one of them parents. No. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel too. Like I'll let her pick what she wants to do. And there are certain things that I'm just like, Oh, and I just feel like, because I don't want her to do it, that she's going to be like, I want to do dance. I want to be a cheerleader. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> I secretly hope that she just hates it and be like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I do not want to be a dance mom. Oh, I do not. Well, just, oh. what I've learned is if you introduce to him early, like, I'm hard. Like I, I'm dribbling the ball. You know, Astros going to the gym. I'm always watching basketball on TV. Yeah. He's like, you know, when it comes on, he's like basketball, basketball, and then he's like the <laughs> ice court, and he, he's like dunking on his little court and doing. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like right now to really, really like it. Yeah. I'm like, All right, that's cool. But you know, then he could play soccer and just fall in love with that. Like you don't know. So that's so true. Yeah. Um, That's why I said I'm just gonna put her in stuff and see what she take it to the track. <laughs> I'm actually like I'm against young kids running track, believe it or not. I'm against 
young kids lifting weights. That too, but like I feel like, and I'm not even talking about like five, six, but when they get to be like elementary age and they're like going to track practice after school and um, y'all, you know, there's parents, like especially in Texas, they don't do anything else but run track yeah. from like, you know, the time that they're five years old till they're 18 going to college, they just run track. Maybe they might play like a sport, you know, in school, but for the most part, they just run. And I'm like, no. Right. Like, and I feel like the kids that I've watched do that, they either get injured a lot when they get older or they're just over it. Cause it's like, I've been doing this since I was five years old. Like I'm over it. You get burnt out. Like, yeah, that's, that's why I'm like, I don't, like kids lift their weights because if you think about a child, their body is not even done growing and maturing in their joints and their muscles and bones. And you have well, them- they're not supposed to lift weights until technically they reach puberty, which is like sophomore, junior, senior year. Right, but they got kids lifting weights at like seven. I know. Like, why you think kids are like growing up? I've never heard of like a seven-year-old tearing their ACL and doing all that. Crazy. Yeah. And now it's like all these kids are tearing their ACLs and Achilles. And I'm like, that's because y'all are having them. They burnt out before they're 15. Their body burnt yeah. out. 16, their body. And our, our middle schools, like junior high schools in, in Texas, like they have uh, lift, like uh, weight room. Yeah. That's ridiculous. They lift weights when they're in seventh and eighth grade. No, my son will not touch a weight till he has a mustache. Right. And that was my thing, too. Like, I've I know how coaches are and not everybody, whether you're a strength and conditioning coach or not, knows how to train kids based off of body type, based off of age and based off of sport. Right. So it's like you just having everybody do a football workout like that's not going to work. Yeah, it's not. It's not for everybody. And the the thing is, like. (laughs) <laughs> I, I didn't lift a weight like the if a kid is a kid and the kid's outside playing and running and jumping that's workout enough like think yeah. about when we were growing up we were just out doing kid stuff right that was workout enough yeah now i don't mind kids doing like push-ups or like body squats yeah it's your own body it's like a natural thing like kids bend down and stand up all day long right a push-up to a certain extent is not horrible Maybe a pull-up because you're lifting your own body weight. But to add weight to a kid's body that is not even developed yet, you're just messing them up. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, I, I'm not with that. He will not be doing that for sure. Yeah. There's this girl I followed that um, is a professional track athlete. And she put a poll up, like, how old were you when you first lifted weights? And – uh you know, most of her followers are around our age right? Um, or, but you know, between both of our ages. Yeah. So, you know, everybody was like my senior, junior year in high school or some people was like college. And so she was saying that she asked that question because she sees just like we were saying, middle schoolers like lifting weights. Right. 
like when you're on a sports team, a part of your regimen, they lift weights. And she's like, when I seen it, I was just like, why? Like, why do y'all have them lifting weights? And they're like, oh, times have changed, blah, 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 you know, given this whole thing. And she's like, that's why I did that poll, because I really wanted to see, like, how, when did y'all start lifting weights? Because I told him the same thing. I didn't lift weights until I went to college. Right. No. I'm like, yeah. Like, we lifted in, in high school, but it wasn't, like. Crazy. It wasn't no. like college. <laughs> no, not at all. You know, you had, like, testing, and you had summer, like, a summer program, maybe. Right. And then, like, in season, you were lifting weights and doing all that crazy stuff. Yeah. If we just, if it was raining or something, we would go in the weight room. Right, right. But, but yeah, it's crazy. And do all that other things. But. I mean, I feel like everything's bigger in Texas, and that includes the the extent that parents will go to have their kids get a scholarship. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Like, it's they like trying to get ahead, and they think that, like, it's going to be, like, they're being proactive and getting their kids ready. But if your kid is going to be fast, nine out of time, times out of 10, your kid's going to be fast. Yeah. Like, like I know. didn't run. I didn't run till I got to high school. Right. You know what I mean? Like, but think about all the stuff we was doing in the yard. And yeah, you know, like and basketball. I played uh, softball. Right. You like I did everything. Running around wrestling and jumping and climbing right. trees and doing all that crazy stuff running back to the beach on the sand you know just all of that type of stuff was preparing you to get to high school and you were an athlete you were already an athlete yeah people try to build athletes and some people aren't going to be that type of athlete like you look at sports you have athletes you have people who are very skilled yeah and then you have people who are both you know but you have like Steph Curry. He's not the fastest. He don't jump the highest, but he's very, very skilled. Yeah. Um, you have LeBron who is a freak athlete and he's very skilled as well. You get what I mean? So you have yeah. different categories and people try to put their kids in the wrong category and then their kid will wind up getting hurt or the kid is just not successful because you're trying to make them something that they're never going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just not in their DNA. It's not in their makeup to be dunking. They're never going to dunk. Like, it's not going to happen no matter what you do. You know what I mean? So, yeah. That was one of the reasons why I stopped uh, coaching, like, high school, because I just felt like um, I stopped coaching because I felt like it's good as a parent to to encourage your kid to do whatever they want, to believe in them and to, you know, help them achieve their dreams. But at the same time, like you said, they it creates this false sense of success in their kids. Right. And so, like, you have these teams, especially track, because track is like the dumping ground of everybody that didn't make a, you know, tryout for a different team. Right. So they know, oh, I'm just going to go run track because I didn't make the basketball team or I'm going to go run track because I didn't whatever or off season of basketball and off season of volleyball. So I'm going to go run track. Right. And they just, you know, as as a coach, you know what people are capable of. 
looking at them. Like, you know what your athletes can do. And they just have this false sense of ability. And I feel like past like our generation, there's just this, and I guess what people call it is like that everybody gets a trophy type mentality. Equality. Um, and yeah. if you pay, then you play. Yeah. Team, everybody has to play. Yes. Um, my child, why is this? I paid like this person played and uh-huh. so many teams and programs now to where there's like entitlement. Like if yeah. you don't see me, I'm going to go over here. If you don't have me in the game, I'm just going to go to this team. And kids go to like five different high schools, six different high yeah. schools. You know? And because it's everybody claiming to be this and there's so many teams, like yeah, was, there was two teams you could play for. And if you didn't make either one of them teams, you had to go back to the drawing board and get right. Back. Figure like, it out. You figure it out for the next year and try to make it. Yeah. You know, and that, that's, that's where I just saw so much of a breakdown. It's like, what you have to understand is like, you want to be a sprinter, but your body is a distance runner right. or you keep saying that you can run the 800, but your body is not an 800 runner. Right, like right. your work ethic is not that of an athlete. You can be on the team, but you don't have the mentality of an athlete. Right. And, and it's like those things that they, that I feel like these kids are lacking because either they are late bloomers where it's like, I'm just going to decide I'm, I'm going to play a sport. Like right. I'm in high school, I'm about to play a sport. Or like you said, they've been doing this sport forever and they feel like because I've been playing and I've ran summer track for the past four years when I was in middle school, why am I not running, you know, on varsity or whatever? And it's like, because you're not good enough. Like, I don't. It was just, it was getting to the point where like I legit was a motivational speaker. Right. <laughs> like every day I'm like encouraging them to, you know, not give up because it was I wasn't coaching athletes. I was just coaching a bunch of kids that needed somebody to boost their confidence. Right. And but people don't realize it's like, okay, if we're want to prepare these kids for the future. When you get into the real world, nobody's going to be like, okay, everybody's going to get paid the same. Right. (laughs) But, you know, everybody's going to get this money. Like, it's okay. That's not preparing these kids for life. It's not preparing these kids to learn how to compete in life and for jobs and for different things. And then when you when you do reach, when you do have failure, how to bounce back for success and how to, you know, stay on the grind and stay pushing. Like, what people don't understand is even in track, like, you have athletes. When you get a group of athletes, then it's all about getting them to mentally catch up yeah. to their athleticism. Yeah. And be able to push through that threshold of tiredness and wanting to quit and knowing, like, I do have more in the tank when I hit that wall. Yeah. Not to where you get a person who's not even an athlete to where, you know, their best time is like the athlete's warm up time. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's not close. And to say, hey, I'm not 
an athlete, but maybe I can go over and do the discus where and where you can lock in on form and technique and you don't have to be this or you don't have right. to go to javelin. There's different things, you know what I mean, to where it's more based off technique, form, you can get momentum and you're just not a track person. Like you're not right. going to be on the track. If you think you're going to be on the track, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's, that would be it though. They would have this just false sense of ability and like even at track meets and stuff it's just like what do I need to do to get that fast like maybe we need to change our workouts or I'm just gonna do this or I'm gonna join another you know I'm gonna join a summer track team and work out with them because that girl is on a summer track team and she's running fast and it's just like I'm like I, I don't just- yeah, I tell parents, like, this was my first thing I tell parents. I would say, listen, some of you, the expectations you have for your kids are unrealistic. <laughs> no, like, they're unrealistic because your kid is probably going to be 5'5". Five, five. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that right there is already pretty much negating them from being a Division One athlete basketball player right like that alone being five five and not and and not playing not making the team till you're a junior (laughs) yeah like if this even if this kid does score 25 points a game the average height in the nba is like six seven now six six every team that i've been on from college to overseas i probably was like the shortest one yeah, that's crazy. But what got me by was my athleticism. Right. And then I was able to be skilled, but on but on top of that, I was very athletic. So what I didn't have in height, I made up in my jumping and in my running and my reaction and my lateral quickness. So those are the things that made up for my lack of height. And then right. my mental threshold, like my mental means for me to mentally lock in and be mentally tough throughout a whole course of a season or a game. Yeah, realize it's just a little thing that you can be a division one athlete or a division three and it's very small it's very small (laughs) so often give their kids that false security like you're going to be a division one athlete right sorry but you're not yeah and it does and and i think you know when you were talking about the mental health piece of it um, I think that's why these kids struggle because it's like, I'm supposed to be this good. Like my parents have been paying for this private coach and I've been going to all these practices and I joined all these leagues and all these teams and I'm doing all this stuff. And then I get to the school tryout and I don't make the team. Right. <laughs> and it's like, well, number one, you're not paying for it. That's the first thing. And number two, like, everybody doesn't get a trophy. No. And now it's reality is hitting you. Everybody doesn't make the team. And that's that's life. Everybody don't get the job. No, (laughs) you're right. And they and it was the same for track. It's like, well, why can't they just run? Like, why can't they just be on this event or there's nobody running this event? So why can't she just run it? And it's like. Because at this track meet, the last place time is probably going to be 13-something. 
and she runs a 14 something. Right. So no, like why would I have her run? And then that is going to even bruise her ego even more when she sees how far everybody is and she's in last. Like, yeah. And this is not that type of thing. Like, and, and track is very isolating, especially as them yeah. type of kids, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, when everybody's watching you. Yeah, like everybody, just, you can't hide you in track. You can't, you can't hide in on the track. There's nothing you can hide in. You can't hide in a four by one. You can't hide nope. in a two, four by eight, whatever. Sprint mad. Everybody gonna know the weak link. Right. Everybody's <laughs> like, watching you. Everybody's watching and. You know, like you have that person. That's why you have people who start in the middle and anchors because they're going to make up for what other people lack. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you're lacking that bad, it just makes it look that much worse. Oh, yeah. And then it's like, like you said, having that mental capacity, like you can't be so afraid because, you know, the other girls on the other teams are fast and they won state last year or they were whatever. And then you buckle when three other people are like counting on you to get yourself together right? to finish this race. It's like, you can't be sitting here afraid. Like I've been in situations where I thought one of the kids was going to break down crying. Like they're in the lane right next to us. And you know who that girl is on anchor and blah, 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 blah. Like, can somebody else just run? I'm like, what? And this is, you're not a division one athlete mentally. No. Because everybody in the lanes, everybody in the race is that person. Was right. that person that right. people are talking about? <laughs> like you said. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like everybody in division one basketball was the guy in their high school. Exactly. Or their AAU team, just like you were. Yep. You know what I mean? And I'm looking like, I'm like, okay, yeah, I know him. I played against him. I know him. I ran it, whatever. Yeah. But just, you have to elevate. And that's just another thing about being an athlete. Like, athletes elevate. Like, you talk about, like, Michael Jordan and Allen Iverson. They all had to end Kobe Bryant and LeBron. And all these guys had to overcome somebody before them. Yeah. To get that rite of passage. You know, and I think, like, you, you don't even have to go that far. Like, look at some of these teams that were, like, national teams, but were only national teams for a year. Right. Like, I always think about that Arizona team and when they were just killing it with Man. Mike Bibby and all them. And then they go and they're, in you know, playing in the NBA. And to me, none of them really stood out when they separated outside of that Arizona team. No. I mean, it's because it's tough. Like, that's what I mean. Like, you don't even have to look at it from a, a NBA standpoint. Like, they they were only good for that one year, really. Right. And it was just the perfect storm for them. Like, everything just fell into place that year. Yeah, but it doesn't. A lot of time, things have to translate. Just because you're a good college player, a good uh, college players don't make you a good professional. Right. There's plenty of people in track that were really good in track, but they would never make an Olympic team. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. it's hard. It's really hard. <laughs> what What else is there beside in, in track that's really going to put you on a on a on a 
uh, a national stage besides the Olympics and right. trying to qualify for the Olympics. And, you know, that's the, that's the, that's the NBA for track. You yeah. Know I mean? And there's plenty of people who have all time records at their colleges and this and that, but they'll never crack a Olympic team. Yep. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's tough. It's hard. Because right. once you get to that point, you're no longer with your team. Like it is you and your coach that you're now paying for. Right. Trying to get you to this next level. And that's it. Right. Like I, I look at the uh, the girl, Thing Mo from Trenton. Oh, yeah. You know, but it translates. Yeah. You know, she's best in high school best in college and you can just see that she is an athlete and she's she had olympic numbers in college yeah so it's just like sydney too right it it translates you know like you can tell somebody who's going to be good in the nba you can tell somebody who's going to be good in the nfl because does it translate yeah you can tell somebody who's a you can you can look and say okay i watch this person run i watch this person play basketball i watch this person play football they are Division One athletes. Yeah. Are they going to be good? We don't know. But right. they, are, they are good enough athlete to, to compete at the Division One level. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what they say, Division One athlete. <laughs> that 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 last word, athlete, is very important when you I, – I tell people, hey, your, your son is a mid-major athlete. Your son is probably like a D3 athlete. Like Yeah. You know, and that's just what it is. Like, that's the harsh reality of it. Like, you can't help it. They they said they were saying all that I did in basketball, they were like, he's not a division one athlete. Like, he's not a division one basketball player. That was the knock. Like Seton Hall was was like at one point saying, like, oh, we could have went and got this guy. Why did we get this guy from South Jersey? He played a group one school. Da-da-da-da. But I'm like, I played on the number one Nike team in the country. <laughs> yeah. And I led our team in scoring on that number one Nike team with NBA players on it. Yeah. I know I can play here. I'll just show you guys because I've been doing it already. Yeah. Like my my AAU team could have been a college basketball team. We had 15 Division One basketball players on our team who all went high high majors. Yeah. Two 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 go out of the go straight to the NBA. <laughs> so yeah you know what I mean so it was never a question for me but these fans they didn't know me they didn't never heard of me I'm the Charlotte going to a small school you know up north has their own AAU team so they're like engulfed in them they're not really worried about anybody else yeah. so when then was like and then after the first scrimmage or practice everybody's like oh we love him he's so great oh he's a good fit we yeah but you know it's it's those type. You have people who sneak through the cracks, whether because of their grades or, like you said, some people are late bloomers. Some people mature late, and then they yeah. go D three. They go D three. They go junior college, but they are still the cream of the crop, and then they go to the NBA. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, and I you said, think about it too. Like, like I always tell, uh, I would tell my track kids, like, making it to college is step one but there's a whole lot that goes into it once you get there and i told them i'm like i came in with a group four or five of them did not make it past the first year (laughs) like first year forget about graduating 
they didn't come back. And it's like, y'all think that it's so easy to just get there, but you have to stay there. You have to stay there and then you have to not get get pushed to the back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I, I remember the, probably the first time I seen you when you went when you were at Houston was at Penn Relays. Oh yeah. That's the first time I seen you since you had left and went to college. Yeah. And I didn't even recognize you. Like I didn't even get to talk to you. <laughs> I just knew that you were running. Yeah. Like, where is she? And you were like diesel, like leg, thighs, big. Like, yes, yes, yes. Oh my goodness. Like yeah. they transformed her. Like they transformed you. But I was like, I know she's going to be doing it. And Mr. You know, Mr. P was there. He's like, yeah, Isha's going to be running at this time. So we, we were getting there to make sure we seen you running and all that. But it's just like totally different person. Like, geez, yeah. like, what did they got you eating over there? <laughs> <laughs> Now that I will say we were in the weight room like that was a part of our regimen. Right. But you, but see, at that time and then in the races that you were running, you had to be you had to have that power, that horse. Yeah. Power, and you had to have that kick. But you were mature enough and your body was able to handle that. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's a it's a different type of your body needed that. Without yeah, that, exactly. Without without the weights and things, you would have got hurt more at that point. Yeah, because you already needed to to withstand certain things. So, um, but like like you said, distance runners wasn't gonna be doing no, <laughs> <laughs> not at all. You know, yeah. so um, just like parents understanding their kids and you know their body type and you know doing more homework than doing talking and it's probably the most yeah. thing. So. If you had to talk to a high school athlete or a college athlete who is saying, you know, maybe I'm not going to do the NBA. I'll just go to play uh, overseas or I'll do the CBL or something like that. Like, what would be your advice to them? Um, to just be the best you, you know, um, Learn who you are. Learn your strengths. Don't listen to other people and what other people tell you. You know, play enough and do enough to learn yourself inside out. Like me, I knew who I was. Yeah. I was a person that was going to score. And if you didn't want me to score, then I didn't need to be on your team. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like I knew who I was and I knew what I brought to the table. A lot of the kids don't know their game or they don't know themselves well enough and they let other people other people's words and things get into their mind and create a narrative for them like you hear so many times like oh this kid can't shoot or this kid can't drink yeah kid can't do that and then that kid starts to believe that or this kid can dunk and that's all they want to do yeah really shoot and that's all they want to do and they don't have a foundation and so i would tell a kid to Build a strong foundation in whatever you do, sports-wise, because you're going to face adversity. And when you face adversity, if you don't build that foundation, then then when you fail, you're not going. It's going to take you longer to build back up. You know. Yeah. Just, That's so true. Yeah, just build a whole foundation and just try to be good at. You don't have to be great at everything, but just try to be good at a lot of things. That's good advice. Last thing. So 
you have a college athlete, whether it be in, uh, basketball player, football, baseball, they're looking for an agent. So what would be your advice to them to finding the right agent? Like, are there some red flags that they need to look for if somebody is telling them something or I would, um, what I, what I do, what I do is I tell the, the person to find players that the agent represents and talk to them. Okay. Because they're going to tell you the truth. Yeah. And they're, and you can ask them questions and most of them will answer them honestly. Like, yo, how is it working being represented by such and such agency? And he can be like, yo, it's great, bro. Like, they got me, right now I got 10 deals on the table. I'm just waiting to pick one. Or I've been with this agency for eight months and I haven't got any deals, any offers. They don't call, they don't text. I call them, they don't answer. Yeah. Those are like red flag things, you know what I mean? So the best thing you can do, because most agency has a client's list. Okay. Like online, you can go on like Eurobasket and look it up. All agents, all teams, everything. So just you know, doing your homework and finding out from other agencies about what, um, how they're being represented is probably the most important thing. Yeah. All right, Paul. Well, that was a great conversation. Nice and easy. Good luck with all of your training stuff. I know you're going to have great clients, and I'm looking forward to seeing their transformations and uh yeah all right okay hey i'll talk to you guys love you love you too bye bye and that's a wrap on another amazing episode i know that you were just as inspired as i was after listening to that conversation And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and follow the podcast. Also, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Girl Blogger and check out our website, www.theblackgirlblogger.com. And the most important step, make sure you share the podcast with someone you know and tell them to share with someone they know. And if you know someone who has an amazing story to tell, or if you yourself would love to tell your story, leave us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms so we can reach out to you and have you on the podcast. Until next time, peace out. And that's a wrap on another amazing episode. I know that you were just as inspired as I was after listening to that conversation. And to let us know how we're doing, don't forget to leave us a review, like, share, and follow the podcast. Also, make sure you follow us on all social media platforms at The Black Girl Blogger And check out our website, www.theblackgirlblogger.com. And the most important step, make sure you share the podcast with someone you know and tell them to share with someone they know. And if you know someone who has an amazing story to tell, or if you yourself would love to tell your story, 
Leave us a message on our website or any of our social media platforms so we can reach out to you and have you on the podcast. Until next time, peace out.